I've always had this drive. I'd never until, honestly, recently understand how to implement it or control it. Everything in my business started shifting when I started taking care of my personal life. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, executive leadership coach, and author of the Be a Badass Six Tools to Uplevel Your Life. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you integrate who you really are with what you do. I call that living a badass life. Are you with me? Let's go. Welcome everybody to your Badass Journey podcast. Today on this episode, I have Jesse Garcia, CEO of Zippy App. Before he became the CEO of Zippy App, Jesse was in law enforcement and decided in the during the 2008 financial crisis to go into real estate full force. He burned all bridges and started a new career as a real estate agent with Keller Williams. As he grew in that business, he was able to run two multi-million dollar real estate offices that house over 200 agents combined over the course of four years. He has now coached top producers in leveraging how to manage data and insights in regards to building strategies to increase production. And that's how the Zippy app was born. In today's conversation, not only do we talk about his badass journey of how he came to the CEO position he's in today and what he's focused on, we also dive into his leadership stance and what it took to actually become an effective leader in his industry. So I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I know I did. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I know Jesse would as well. Welcome, everybody, to your Badass Journey podcast. Today, I have one of my favorite people on the show, Jesse Garcia. Welcome, Jesse. Hello. <laughs> so excited to have you here, man. It's been awesome getting to know you, and I, and I want to share you with my listeners because, first of all, I love your journey of, of how you got to where you are today, and I would love for you to just take a little bit and, and share, you know, basically... What brought you to building Zippy and how did your career path lend you there? And then also share what you're focused on right now with it. Awesome. Well, it's an honor and a privilege <laughs> just to be on The Badass Journey. I love the name of your podcast. Thank you. It's so fitting to you as I've gotten to know you. I'm like, you were just, it just embraces everything about you. I love it. <laughs> Thank okay, you. Okay, so about my journey. We'll go back and I'll, and I'll be as brief as possible and just tell me to shut up if I, go in, if I go too long. So I didn't really know what I wanted to be until I was probably 30. Mm -hmm. uh, sad to say, I don't know if many people experience that. I was 30 and I was like, what do I want to be when I grow up? I went to, I went to college and within the, after my first year, I was like, yeah, not digging this. So moved back home. And my dad and my stepmom were like, yeah, um, you've got to do something. I went back to school and still wasn't feeling it. You know, I was only a few classes away probably from my bachelor's degree and still wasn't feeling it. I was just getting a degree in something that I wasn't passionate about just to get a piece of paper. And I was like, this makes no sense to me. Mm -hmm. So my dad 
had a long career in law enforcement, uh, still had it at the time. And he goes, great, here's the application to the academy. And I was like, eh, okay, sure. Fill it out. Went through the academy. And it was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life because uh, you had really a, a great training. You had just mentally and physical, physically. After working in law enforcement for about, you know, in the law enforcement arena for about oh, four or five years, I just felt this urge. I'm like, I need to be doing something else. And not there's there's anything wrong with Law enforcement, obviously, I, I, my hat's off to everybody in law enforcement and respect them dearly. I just felt a different tug. What was going on was I, a good friend of mine gave me this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Sad to say, probably, that was probably the first book I read cover to cover, almost probably in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like 25, 26 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <Sad to laughs> Don't ask me how I got through high school. So I read this book in one day. Granted, I haven't read a book cover to cover probably in my life. I read this in one day. Went out, bought his other like six. Read those <laughs> in like a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is real estate calls to me. I love the idea of investing. I love the idea of real estate. I love how to use this as a big wealth determiner. So I learned everything I could. Then I enrolled in, col- enrolled in school in college in a local JC just to learn more about real estate. And my instructor was like, dude, you're taking all the right classes to get your real estate license. Just go get your real estate license. I'm like, bro, I don't want to be a realtor. Yeah. So I went and took the test and I passed it. So I was like, oh, cool. Okay, crap. I swear, I don't want to say bad words on here. So I said, like, <laughs> uh, now what do I do? And he goes, well, there's, you know, there's a company in the area. Just, they're new to the, new to the area. Go join them. So I joined the company and I was only doing it part-time. And so the biggest thing for me was the first time I got a referral check because I didn't really close my first transaction. Mm-hmm. I got a referral check just by making a phone call, introducing a buyer to another agent in a different city. Funny, I pick up my referral check when that closed and I went to my day job and I was looking at a paycheck that I had earned for 80 hours of work going, this was for a 15 minute phone call. This was for 80 hours of work. Something's not right here. Yeah. Right. And so then I started making the correlation. One thing led to another. And I went to my wife. I said, All right, I want to get into real estate full time. Didn't have a savings, didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I'm just kind of, and I, you're, you're probably the same way, is I just jump and I'd start building the airplane on the way down. Right. <laughs> start flapping really hard. Start flapping, right? <laughs> And there's magic in there because there's no safety net. You cannot fail. I mean, you fail, but you learn and you have to learn really quick. That's right. So I just grinded, 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 got into real estate, became a top producer within the first 18 months of being in my, you know, in my industry, in my office, started asking to take on leadership roles, went on about two and a half years after that to run multi-million dollar offices for this particular franchise for about four or four and a half years. Went back, started running a real estate team, which was a you know multi-million dollar producing real estate team. And then with Zippy throughout this process, it was a platform that one made sure that I was forecasting. Cause I'm this funny, I'm not a very analytical person, but when there's dollar signs in front of it and you have to pay bills, you have to know where your money's coming from. Right. When it translates to tangible. You pay more attention. You pay more attention, right? Yeah. hundred percent. And what I realized was, and it was no fault of my company. It's just human error with that many hands in, you know, in the transaction. And a lot of my commission checks were incorrect. Mm. I was validating them through my system. 
And then I also was building a pipeline, forecasting revenue, looking at my data and working smarter going, well, here's most of my business coming from here. Why am I spending more time and money here? Mm. So I started building out this platform. And then I went to just through connection, through connection, through connection and recommendations from everybody else. It was like, I want this product. We, we started building it. And it's just, I think data is probably one of the most underutilized resources we have in business, especially in real estate. Yeah. Yeah, the insights are smarter. I, I think it's awesome. Well, first, I want to go back so so listeners know. I mean, you started that real estate career in what year? Yes. So <laughs> I yeah yeah reminding me of that. So not only did I quit a secure, steady job, benefits retirement, I did that on July thirty first, two thousand and eight. Yep, right before a major, major real estate crash happened, and yeah, it's I, no. I was just going to say, I think like two months after that. Two to three months after that, I think that's when all the major banks started closing, right? So that tells you how much I did not know mm-hmm. and building the airplane on the way down. And yet I was still successful because one, I didn't know better. Two, I didn't let information outside resources affect my success. Right. And the best advice I got during that time were from friends and mentors of mine. They said, if you can make it in this market, you'll be able to make it in any market. That's right. Yeah. And it's really great. And it, folks need to hear that. I also was influenced by Rich Dad, Poor Dad too in my, in my 20s. I was very similar in that I didn't really finish many books <laughs> either. <laughs> now I write them, which is crazy, but it's yeah. like, you know, to finish them, it's like a whole nother animal. I am, I'm definitely have like four books running at a time and I'll take pieces. It's just the way my mind works. So I completely get it. It's just, uh, I think it's because we take what we need to jump into action, go try it, and then go learn again, right? Like it's this cycle of advancing within life. You yeah. kind of just have to take what, what calls you out in that moment. And I love that that's the book um, that helped trigger something to say there's more. There's like more and, and out there. And it also probably talked to your struggle in, in traditional education. Like here's somebody telling you you're right to question it because your mind wants to do something different, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so, so to jump right into it and then um, have such a guide to say that, you know, the real estate industry, if you do it right, you can make a lot of money. What I love is that you've now translated a tool set that you built, like you customized, you had spreadsheets, you had different ways of looking at data, which wasn't your thing, but you knew if you did look at the numbers, because that's what real estate is all about. It's a, it is a numbers game with assets behind it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like trying to figure out how do you maximize it and make sure it's correct. Because if you're getting paid wrong on your commission checks, then your team is getting paid wrong too. And you were leading like how many how many people on your team? Like it grew rapidly, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, we had we had a team when I first started. It was of two, and then we had was running teams that were as big as fifteen to eighteen, and then I was running offices that were as big as hundred to one hundred and fifty. Yeah, and what do you say? What do you think when when you were in that zone, in that time, in that expansion? How how was your leadership style at the time? Like what was it in that, in your heart that you would show up with? And then where was the struggle sometimes maybe in the mind to make sure you did it consistently? I'm curious about that rapid oh, growth. That's a great question. It was rapid growth. It was probably more forced growth. Because mm-hmm. yeah. to be honest, I had no clue what I was doing. Uh-huh. Uh, I, just, I just knew from a leadership standpoint that I didn't always know how to do everything. 
I wasn't the smartest person in the room. I just knew that if I took the time to listen to people that I worked with and understood what they wanted to achieve, what their goals were, and I helped at least direct them and give them advice, give them guidance, or at least go, I don't know that, but here's somebody who does Mm -hmm. provide the resources to you. I like being a connector. I like understanding where they were at, what they needed, here they're at, here's where they're at now, here's where they want to go, how can we make close that gap? And I wasn't always the person for the right answer. I just maybe knew of, okay, this is the person you need to talk to. Right. Which is beautiful because I'll tell you that to be humble and say you don't know something, especially when you're in a leadership role, you actually get more of a connection from those who work for you to show up because like, oh, great. Well, he doesn't know and he's not going to shame me if I don't know. You know, because that's sometimes the cycle that we can can be created. And I'm sure the people that worked for you felt motivated to go after it and appreciated that at least you would be conscious enough to connect them with somebody who might. You, you bring up a really good point because, uh, you know, you hear a lot of leaders and, or just because they have the title of leader or, right, it doesn't make them a leader. Uh, you could have people that are not leaders that show up in huge ways. And it's just the way they lead. And I think that so many people need to understand the difference between ingesting so much information and just regurgitating the same information to make you appear smart versus ingesting the information, understanding it, and being able to apply it in the way that you apply it. Don't I can't be a Tony Robbins. I'm I'm not this person. I'm not that person. I'm Jesse. Right. So I have to ingest as much information as I can and be able to speak to it the way I would speak to it, right? There's right. so many people out there just regurgitating data to make them seem smart or knowledge to seem smart. And it's not doing anybody any good because they're not asking questions. It's just about, this is how smart I am. Yeah, it's the significance part, right? That, that human need of significance shows up when you're, when you're just spewing out information that, doesn't, that you don't necessarily even care how it drops, you know, or what yeah. impact it has, or if, it's, if someone's able to even pick up and act on it. Right. Like it's an interesting, arrogant tactic, but that a lot of people do that just also in a leadership style, just to stay in control. You know, that's the reactive space that arrogance lives in. It's like it's the controlling space. And so, yeah, it's very easy. But if you're more self aware, which you are, and saying that I just, I don't know, you know, like let's figure it out together or why don't we do some research and come back or how about you go talk to so and so might have it. It's like you're still this conduit for learning. While you're, while you're also delegating, because sometimes as leaders, it's like, if you feel like you have to know it all, then you're really not leveraging your team, yeah. you know, and making sure that everyone is stepping up into their greatness to show you what they have to give. Um, so I love that that's your style. And I'm sure that's why it was such rapid growth <laughs> under well, you. It was, it was a learning experience and, it, you know, to be completely transparent, I, I didn't start that way. I grew into that, sure. right? I mean, Early on, when I look back and I'll talk to my wife, you know, who you know, Rochelle, and yeah, I, we look back on some things and I'll even talk to people that were working with me at a very early stage. Mm-hmm. And I was, I mean, I could see myself as being one of those arrogant a-holes that was just like, oh, you think you know it all. And I thought that's what I needed to be. Posturing. Yeah. Right. I thought that's how I needed to show up as a leader because that's what leaders do. Right. And it's just a complete, like the game is changing, especially with like your programs, the way you consult and coach. I mean, it's so valuable in this industry right now. 
to have that value-based leadership versus this how much I know and I'm the boss and I have a title. So yeah. it didn't happen overnight. It was no. a process for me. And, you know, and I could admit that now before there was a lot of ego around it where I was like, no, I know it. I wasn't, I wasn't arrogant. I was just, I just knew more than you. <laughs> and it was like, no, that it, so it took a lot of just training myself to go, no, that's just not how it's done. Would you say that, you know, when that learning probably hit you or where you had to kind of stress, stretch yourself past the arrogance was when your actual time commitment was overstretched. So, so what I mean by that is like, as we take on more people to manage, right? There's a, there's a time management issue that shows up, you know, cause you're still trying to be an active producer and make sure that you are having the deals come in and you're generating the leads as the top leader of your organization. And then here's all these other people now that report into you and they have the momentum. And I find the ego gets hit down when you don't have enough time. And so you have to face the arrogance and say, okay, like this isn't working for me anymore. What else? You know, was that kind of what happened where it became this like stretch of yourself (laughs) to then learn how to face that side of you? Or were you being called out on it and then you're forced to forced to face it? (laughs) Probably a little bit of both, to be honest. (laughs) A little bit of both. And I think the learning experience for me was that on my personal growth journey helped a lot of that internally for me. Right. So it kind of really started suffocating the ego. And, and I think there's a difference between confidence and ego, which is a completely different conversation. Yeah. I think though that what started happening in my brain was the more I tried to seem like I knew more, I started getting more people to come to me for questions and questions and help and this and that. I was like, and it was a bandwidth issue. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't know something, it was like, oh, I got to go learn that really quick. I got to go learn that. Mm. And versus going, you know what? No here's somebody else that knows this. Here's the resource you need to go to. And having that courage to go, I don't know that. <laughs> you know, let me put you in contact with this person and leverage that person and help that person grow as a leader. So I think that's the true sign of a leader is can you create other leaders? Yeah, it's beautiful. So now that you're in Zippy and you're running this partnership that's delivering amazing uh, insights in the arena that you're in. I know eventually you want to venture out into other arenas outside of real estate as well with this platform because it it can do that. Um, curious then, like what it, what excites you now every day focused on this app? Because going from running a multi-million dollar real estate venture team, et cetera, and then now jumping into the startup world, which is like a whole nother arena when you're in startup tech. <laughs> yeah. How are you stretching yourself these days? And, and what are you focused on there? What are you hoping for there with Zippy? One, I've learned to partner with and hire people a hell of a lot smarter than me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm big picture vision, and I could easily explain the vision, the mission, our product, and what we're doing. And I have to put together, and we're in the process of just expanding our group with people that know. Right. Because as entrepreneurs, at least I suffer from. Well, I could just do it faster than me trying to teach you how to do it. Right. And then when it comes to yeah, well, I can do sales. I could do marketing. I could do social. I could do this. I could do that. Then it starts compiling and piling it up. And I'm like, okay, now I can't do all this. But if I would have just taken the time to go, great, let me just hire you to do this. Let me hire you to do this. Yeah. And it's been a game changer just being able to 
not control everything. Right. I'm a, I'm like a control freak where I'm like, I just need to know. And then as this process started going through it, I just started bringing people on that. I can go, great. You, I'm going to let you have ownership of this piece and you run with it. And then we'll mastermind you go implement. Yeah. So that's been huge. Uh, the vision for Zippy, which excites me so much is we're creating business insight automation. And it's a, it's a coin term that we came up with because there's so much data out there in the world that could benefit someone's business. And we want to be that middle of a wheel and all these data points are, in, are the spokes. And we want to be able to ingest the data and not only just show someone the data, we want it, our, our application for, through machine learning to be able to go and go, Kareem, hey, just because this data is here, did you notice this? Did mm-hmm. you notice that? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And really take in all these different data points because so many businesses are running off like 500 different applications and having to log into 500 different applications. Yeah. Right? So we want to be able to simplify data and not just simplify it, make it sexy because yeah. that is not sexy, <laughs> right? That is not exciting for most people. Yeah. Right. So we want to make data sexy. We want to make data simple. And we want to be able to have those insights for business owners to go, great. The CEO wants to look at this. The COO wants to look at that. The CFO wants to look at that. Oh, and here's the game plan. We know where we're at. We know what we need to do. That's exciting to me. It's so exciting because you're what I wrote down as you were speaking. um, As you know, I like to take notes as I'm listening so that I can retain. But I what I wrote down is that you're literally creating the fuel for decision making. Like, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's taking the aggregate of all these different data sets and like assisting someone to be more strategic about what they do next. And I, and that's super exciting because insights, depending on what I, where I would say the struggle these days in all the data mining that's occurring across all different types of, um, cause we're, I mean, we're being tracked like every second of the day, <laughs> we're all being tracked across these apps, across our behaviors, where we're purchasing, et cetera that it can become so overwhelming even how to read the data sets that you receive, you know? And because you are originally starting in the real estate market or, uh, you know, real estate data aggregation to assist sales teams on how to make better decisions for their clients or in their markets or whatever that looks like, you're also, because you did it, you led by example and used it yourself, right? To grow your businesses. You can actually also train on how to leverage reading the data because that, and that comes along with the app as well, right? Like it's not, you're, you're putting it out there in a format that's digestible (laughs) with ease, which is awesome because it is, there's so much out there to consider. You have to figure out what the, what are the markers that make the most sense for your market? Mm -hmm. So that would, that excites me too. Um, you know me, I'm like a tech geek. I'll get into the, (laughs) I'll, (laughs) I'll get into the apps too. Like I've been in the, in the tech space for so long that I love when new technology comes out that really supports action. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really cool. Well, I'd be told. Well, and I think that, you know, especially in the real estate space, and I'm sure in a lot of other industries that in real estate, you go through schooling, you get your license and none of it teaches you how to run a business. It just teaches you how not to get sued. Right. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. And so you have all these people that can go get their real estate license. And I'm sure in other industries as well, where now you're certified, you're licensed, you're ready to go. And yet there's no business background. 
So not everybody's coming in with MBAs or business degrees, you know, or bachelor's degrees in economics to understand how a business is ran. So we want to make it simple for the solopreneur all the way up to enterprise corporations to be able to use and implement data efficiently. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I, I, I know it's going to be successful. And, and um, our, our listeners just, you know, we'll put it in the show notes, how you can check out the app and contact Jesse. It's going to be, it's just go after it. If you're in real estate, you're going to want this. <laughs> you know? I appreciate that. And Thanks. I'm sure there's going to be expansion past it too. As we, I, because I know that you live, as you said, you had a you know, personal growth path and you have also a very successful wife who uh, is dear to my heart as well. I want also listeners to understand that integration part of your life. Obviously, you're a mastermind in business and CEO of your company. Now in the tech space, you've gotten to real estate, etc. Well, what do you do on a daily basis or, or when did it trigger for you that you had to, f- to make sure you integrated who you are physically into all the greatness that comes out of you mentally? Like what, what was that time or how do you approach that in life? Oh, okay. We're going, we're going deep. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I love the question. Love the question. You know, it was, I've always had this drive, but I, I'd never until honestly recently understand how to implement it or control it. Everything in my business started shifting when I started taking care of my personal life. Mm. Right, I started uh, getting healthy. So back in November, last November, so November 2017, 2017 was probably one of the worst years just of my personal and business life. Just a lot going on, businesses dissolving, friendships disappearing. Just a lot was going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And in November, I said, "I'm going to be 40 in July of 2018. I am going to get in the best shape of my life by the time I'm." 40. And back in November, I was about 193 pounds, uh, 19.2% body fat, not healthy, not a good diet. And I just had that intention. And my wife has always been in great shape. She's always eaten healthy. And it just took me 17 years to finally listen to her. (laughs) (laughs) So once we had that, then I had something back in common with my wife. And we went to the gym every, most, most days together. We started eating healthy together. We loved all the same things. And once that started happening, I started feeling better just physically and mentally because I just felt more clear. You know, I wasn't drinking as much alcohol as before. I was on a mission. Yeah. Uh, not saying I didn't. I'm in real estate. Come on. And, <laughs> and, and a startup, right? That, 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 those two go hand in hand a little bit. So I had, I, I just started getting really focused on myself. Mm-hmm. And with that, a better relationship with my wife, a better relationship with my kids. And then all of a sudden, my wife and I went through um, uh, Chris and Lori Harder's Aligned course mm-hmm. and at the beginning of last year when they, when they first launched it. And there was conversations, my wife and I, we've been together 17 years, that that course opened up so many things for us to talk about. We're like, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. about your life. I didn't know that about your past. Wow. Really? That's really what you think? That's how you feel? And we'd be up to like two o'clock in the morning talking and having these in-depth conversations and just growing our relationship. And then we started partnering on her 
business, right? She's a hairstylist and she also, you know, works, works with uh, Isogenics. And so I started really helping her a lot with that business and really feeding off each other for that. So once my four walls and roof were in alignment, everything just started really falling into place. Business partnerships, deals, opportunities, everything just started flowing to me because one, I just allowed it to. Yeah. And you were aligned with yourself. You know, like it's it's connection with self first to then figure out how you connect with others. Um, and then your primary relationship being with your wife uh, and children to then say, yeah, my foundation at home is solid. So you, of course your business is going to skyrocket. Because honestly, that's the hardest, I think, relationship to maintain. Because those are the people that are like under the covers with you. Yeah. Right? Like they are under the hood. You can't yeah. posture any way, <laughs> any which way yeah. with that. And I think it's beautiful that, that you share this, this journey because I, it is so relevant for everybody's life, no matter what their career is or what they're doing to make money, that the primary relationships, again, with self first before others have to be solid in order to be grounded enough to receive all the greatness coming Mm -hmm. at you in business. Because if it's not, when it goes great or goes bad or whatever the roller coaster looks like, because that's just life, that strong foundation at home is so key. And I love Chris and Lori Harder because they always set the tone. They lead by example and they, they consistently are trying to share with all of us you know, how best to step up into that best life from all angles. And, it, and I'm glad that, that that was able to help you because it truly is aligning <laughs> with yeah. the online program, right? It really is. And that's the yeah. great part is... Once we started on this journey and we started really becoming really close with Chris Laurie, we got into their circle. We started getting into their masterminds. We started getting into their groups. And when you allow that to happen and you, we had to go into it with how can we add value to all these freaking rock stars? Right. Right. Like where can we show up to add value? If we sit back and go, we have nothing to give, we have no value. It, it doesn't help anybody. But if we went in there also like, what can we get? What can we get out of this wrong mindset? So we right. went in with, how can we add value? Like, how can we show up? Like from my first call with Chris, it's just, you continue to take action we will have a very lifelong friendship. And it's like, he just raises you to another level. And so this year, you know, as a mentor of mine, he just continues to push and push and push. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I love it. I love it. I don't like you right now. I love it. Yeah. But it's great. But I think for me, the biggest thing was just from day one, when I went to go tell my wife, I want to quit my job. There was no hesitation. She said, go for it. Right. Like in, in, in that economy with like no savings, no backup plan. And one of the biggest driving forces that, and I, I'm going to go back to this for one second, if that's okay. Of course. One of the biggest, I look at it now as a gift before I was pissed off. When I went and told my family that I was going to be quitting my secure job to get into real estate, hundred percent commission only. Their comment to me was, I still get chill because it just still affects me that way. They said, what's your backup plan? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Mm-mm. Game on. Yeah. <laughs> and now I can look back and go through a lot of personal growth. You know what? As parents, me being a parent now, 
I want to protect my kids. Right. I want to do, I want them to succeed. I also want to protect them. And I look at that as a gift because if it wasn't probably for that one comment, I would not have been probably as driven. Right. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, for me too, I have similar in that when I, I graduated college, because uh, you just reminded me of it, so I'll share it as well. I literally took, I, I went to business school, undergrad, don't have no idea how I got through that program because, <laughs> because yes, I you're have, a hell of a lot smarter than me. <laughs> no, I have a, a lot of high intellect, but like to push through academics was always a challenge for me, like sitting in a classroom reading the books, taking the exams. Like I'm definitely not a 4.0 person by any means, but I basically was like, all right, I'm, I, if I go back to New York, I will never leave New York. And I went to school in DC. So I was like, I'm going to go to San Francisco. <laughs> I'm just going to go to the complete other side of the spectrum right there. As far as I could, because I knew if I didn't at that time, it was just this innate story I was telling myself then I would never leave the East Coast. Like, and, I, and I'm more of an explorer and I have to put myself out there. So I literally like packed two bags. I sold whatever I could to get more cash. I maybe had a few thousand in, my, in the bank account. Like This is back in the, the late 90s, right? When this was happening. So again, the economy in San Francisco was not as crazy as it is today. <laughs> so, yeah. But I remember, what I do remember is telling my mom, you know, it was like saying goodbye. I was, I, cause I did go up to New York to like leave stuff and then pack my bags. And I flew from New York to California and she's like, okay, so, um, I'll see you in August when this doesn't work out. It, it was, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I was like, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> So there's a part of me that wanted to push to make sure that it was highly successful and worked for me. But then there was also a part of me that was like, well, shit, when shit does hit the fan, I feel really nervous about calling in for help. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so it's just this very, it was, it was, I was not, I would not say it was a smooth ride, but um, what I, I do understand that fuel to prove them wrong or, you know, to, to also say that push was out of love. You know, like she just didn't want me to leave. And that was the, those are the best words she could come up with. Like she didn't want to admit to herself that I was moving to the other side of the U.S. as her 22-year-old yeah. daughter. I mean, crazy pants, <laughs> right? But that's just me. Like I was, I'm out, you know? I, yeah. I, and I, and it, it was a great learning time, but it's great that you recognize now too that it was all out of love because they just want to protect us. You know, well, you know what's interesting is I I recently got that message after last weekend when Tom Billu came in his book because mm. he said that he said I realized that it was a gift for my family when basically they were like you're going to fail we're just going to wait for you to fail and we're just going right. to wait for you to come move back home or whatever right those are his words that's right and I was sitting at the dinner table you were like right next to me yeah 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 and I'm sitting there going ah oh, shit he's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to change my mindset. Right. I have to change it. I mean, I'm, I'm still obviously not holding on to that and like pissed off yeah, about it. Me too. It was a driving force I needed for the first 12 months of my career. Right. And now we look back after Tom was there and I look and I go, wow, he's right. It was a gift. It wasn't intentional. They were trying to protect you. It was a gift. And just now I'm just like, okay, what else has happened in my life mm -hmm. that I've just been pissed off about that I can just switch? <laughs> 
right? Yeah, and forgive, right? Like the, yeah. the the forgiveness cycle is so key, and I, you know, I train on it all the time because I, I, I literally tell people I'm walking in forgiveness every single day, like if, because there's always going to be something that will trigger you to potentially have a reaction that makes you uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. that's just because we all have a bringings of discomfort at some point, even if you're given everything under the sun something disappointed you at some point that triggers something that when it shows up now, you could go into that downward spiral, right? Yeah. Uh, and so forgiveness is key to change the behavior too. It's like recognize it, see, decide what you want to own and continue going forward with, but then forgive whatever is like no longer needed to be carried because it's such a waste of energy, first mm-hmm. of all. That, and that person, uh, the other thing I re- try to remind people of too is that Whatever happened in the past that triggers that is not happening to you right now. You are choosing to relive it, right? Like that's a choice. And to find the tools to change that mindset, to flip out of it is so key. Uh, And one thing thing Rochelle always reminds me of is... Because I'm I'm very a, a driven person, right? And I may not always have or rarely have a filter. So the way I come across... And the way I say things, so Rochelle is always like, okay, what happened? How did you show up in, in this? And she goes, not necessarily, what were the words you said? She goes, how did you say it? Because I could have said something in a specific way that my intention was true. Like my integrity was there. Right. But the way that delivery happened, somebody could have looked and like, dude, you're just an <laughs> asshole. Right. And so it's just that self-reflection, especially a wife who doesn't throw any punches <laughs> to say, how did you show up? You know, how did you say that? Yeah. And it, it's, it's an amazing filter or not even filter awareness. I'll call it awareness because mm-hmm. it's just, it's the truth. And we're all just trying our best, you know, like the, people generally don't come at you with malicious intent. That's a very, very small percentage of a population that you're probably not hanging out with. You know, it's just like, we're all just sometimes have a rough day. (laughs) And so like, you know, if people just had that lens on to say, this person is coming with the best intentions, it might be landing wrong right now. (laughs) You know, so like, yeah. So it's like, just check in with it or ask. And sometimes with with the harshest commentary, that I still get from certain people in my life, just because that's their skill set, it's not their intention. Yeah. I sometimes have to stop and say, is there another way you can rephrase that for me? Because it came off pretty painful. Like that's not, you know, like, and I had to step up in my language game to, to just put it back on them and say, you know what? I actually prefer to be spoken to a different way, you know? And hundred percent. And then it helps with conflict. It helps resolve it quickly so that you're not in this bubble storytelling distraction Mm -hmm. from what you're trying to do based on that miscommunication. You know? well, and, and, and that's something that I've really been thinking about a lot lately is obviously with so much going in politics, religion, business, money, finances, health, relationships. And I look at all that and I go, we don't have an issue with any one of those. We, the, our, our world, our human being society has a communication issue, right? right? We let resentment build up yeah. and we don't talk about it. Nor do we understand or go learn and seek out the knowledge to go, how could I have this conversation? Right. right? How can I go and bounce this off somebody else who's a neutral party that can I could role play that conversation with to go, okay, how was that? Yeah. Right. So it's like as a leader, 
regardless of where you're at, like you need to be a student of communication. Yes, 100%. Right? You don't need to know how to do finances, business. That's all great to have. You need to understand communication at a very, very high level and how to communicate with other people and not just to put your feet in the sand and say, this is my point of view. You have to be able to understand other people's perspectives. Yeah. And swim in the mud with them. You know, like it's going to get dirty. So, so <laughs> be willing to like drudge around in it, especially as, as leaders, but even as just a, an active human being, you know, like we judge so much and it's generally because we're critical of ourselves. So it's like, you know, as you're working on the identifications in yourself that make sense that you want to carry forward, create the space for others to just listen harder, you know, yeah. like, and, and be there and be willing to face it. You know, I, I always give folks permission to pivot because if, especially if something's not working for you, then you have the right to pivot, like try another way. Communication yeah. is all about that learning different methods of communication is so key. And I love that you brought that up. This is so awesome. I'm curious because, you know, we're coming close to time on our, on our block here together. And of course you and I could talk to, for days and we generally do, but, but when you look to define what a badass is or consider what, you know, that badass journey, you know, how do you define the characteristics of a badass? Oh, I love that question. I think a badass has courage to step into the unknown. I think a badass has courage to admit when they don't know something or when or to ask for help. Mm. You know, I think I think being a badass sometimes could be being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that 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 I mean that is a definition of a badass who could truly go out there be vulnerable and go I need help. Cuz whether you're in a startup phase whether you're you know, already building a multi-million, billion-dollar business, every level of business has its own problems and has its own struggles. And I think you have to be resilient. You have to be persistent. You have to be dedicated in the vision. And I think you have to be vulnerable enough to go, I need help and I don't know that. That's beautiful. I love that definition. Thank you for sharing it with me. And I also want to just thank you so much, Jesse, for joining me today. If folks want to connect with you on um, any of the socials or even have questions about Zippy, you know, how would you, what's your preferred method? What would you like oh people to connect? <laughs> Instagram is probably the easiest, yeah. uh, just at Jesse J Garcia. And I'm all over Facebook, uh, probably Instagram more. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, I'm there. Twitter, I scroll through there for news, basically. <laughs> um, Snapchat, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm too old to be on Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, just there. use Insta Story, brother. <laughs> yeah. Just use Insta yeah. Story. <laughs> yeah. So every once in a while, I go, okay, I'll just take this Insta Story and throw that on Snapchat. Yeah, no, just, I, so I look like I'm cool. <laughs> but Instagram at Jesse J Garcia is the best way to the reach way. me and just uh, www.zippy.app, Z-I-P-I.app if they want to check out the product and they can connect with me, uh, myself or my team through there as well. That's beautiful. I will um, make sure it's all in our show notes too. So it's easy for people to connect. And again, I just want to thank you so much for your time and sharing your brilliance with our listeners. I know they're going to get something out of this conversation because we touched on so many topics, but 
really truly like growing our relationship together and and supporting each other in in these ways has been very rewarding for me so i thank you for that oh it's it's been a huge honor and i I literally can talk to you for (laughs) days and we can have some awesome conversations and i just you talk i shut up and i listen and i just take notes so Thank you very much. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do another um, broadcast here in the near future on conversation number two then. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening.